Well, amen. Did that get y'all fired up or what? That was good. That was good. Thank you, Josh and worship team for leading us. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and I'm sure that you do, I'm going to ask you to take them out. I don't want you to turn to Matthew chapter 24. Go to Matthew chapter 24, and as you are um, turning there, I want to tell you this rather quickly. Um, I stayed up last night to watch my Red Raiders have six turnovers last night. They got beat by the Mormons. And I'm ready to read the Word of God. Can I get an amen on that? We're going to read the Word of God this morning. We're going to jump right in rather quickly today. We've got, I've got several things that I want us to get through today, uh, but Matthew chapter 24 is where we are uh, reading from today. We did read uh, portions of that scripture uh, last week, but as I was uh, in uh, my uh, office at the house this morning just praying over today's message, um, and I was reading through 24, um, I just sensed like, we just need to read this text. We just need to read the text. Let the text speak to us. And so uh, my prayer right now at this moment is that um, as we begin to make our way to the Lord's table, that, that your spirit, that you would just relax your spirit. Does that make sense? Does that, does that make sense to everybody? That you just relax, that you open yourself up to the Word of God, let the Word of God speak, and then we're going to talk uh, about discernment and the reason why we need discernment in our days. And I think we'd all be in agreement, we need discernment. Amen? Well, follow along with me. I'm going to read, I'm beginning in verse number three, um, and just follow along with me, and we're going to read God's Word. Verse three, and it says... As he, Jesus, was sitting on the Mount of Olives, this is the Olivet Discourse, this is Jesus, he's about to be uh, crucified, he's about to be arrested here in just a few short days, but now he's talking to the disciples and he's telling them what's going on. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, Jesus, when will these things happen? What will be the sign of your coming? And and, and of the end of the age, and Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one misleads you. Many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will mislead many. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not frightened. For those things must take place, but what? That's it's not the end. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, in various places there will be famines and there will be earthquakes. But these things are just what? It's just the beginning. Where are we right now? Everybody say, in the beginning. Then everybody say, oh me. Because watch what happens. Then they will deliver you to tribulation. Now, I believe this is referencing Israel here. Jesus is talking to a Jewish people, the disciples. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and they will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Hmm. Sounds a little bit familiar today, doesn't it? And at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many because lawlessness is increased. Hello. Most people's love will grow cold. 
But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Verse 15, therefore, now he's going to get into some specifics here. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Now, not to stay here long, but uh, I believe this is going to be in the seven-year time frame, the seven-year tribulation around that three-and-a-half-year time frame. We should not be here at that point. But this is what's going on with Israel and what's going on within the world. Verse 17. And he speaks to the Israelites, the Jews, whoever is on the housetop uh, must not go down to get the things out that are in this house. Whoever is in this field must not turn back to get his cloak. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. But pray. But pray that your flights will not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For there will be a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. Unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Question for you. Is the world going to get better? What's the world telling you today? That the world is getting better, right? with the rise of technology and that the idea that we're all one people, this is the idea that the world is teaching us, that the world is going to get better, that we're going to have utopia on this side of eternity. Will utopia happen on this side of eternity? It will not. If this is your first time here at First Baptist Church, we're glad you're here. This is, this is about as good as it's going to get. So, if you leave depressed, I'm sorry. Don't, don't be. There's hope. His hope is, his name is Jesus. Verse 23. Then if anyone says to you, behold, here's the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him. Jesus is saying, you be discerning. He's saying, you don't listen to everything. You don't believe everything that you hear. That's what he's saying. Verse 24, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders. So as to what? To mislead, if possible, who? Even the elect. Who is Satan coming after? The elect. Who's the elect? It's believers. It's believers in Jesus. Verse 25. Behold, I have told you in advance. So if they say to you, behold, he's in the wilderness, do not go out, or behold, he's in the inner rooms, don't believe them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. And wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Anybody want to tell me what that means? Very good. Verse 29. But immediately... After the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, stop one second there for a moment. Um, have we started seeing things just start to happen in the skies? Are we starting to see more UFOs? Yes? Yes. 
Do UFOs exist? Anybody want to say anything? Nope. They do. Amen. Yeah, your dad watched an episode about it. That's pretty good. That's awesome. Amen. Are there spiritual forces in this world? Are there angels? Are there demons? Do they operate in a different realm than you and I do? Absolutely. Can there be something flying around in the sky that makes itself obvious to us every once in a while? Yes. Do UFOs exist? Thank you. My dad watched a video about that. That's awesome. I love it. Um, Verse 30, and the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, will mourn as they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. Verse 32, now let's start tying this in, put a a bow around this for where we're gonna go the rest of this morning. And then Jesus says, now learn the parable from the fig tree. What Jesus is saying is, you need to be discerning. You need to pay attention. He says, look at the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender, puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is what? It's near. It's coming. So you too, when you see all these things, recognize that he is near right at the door. Jump to verse 36. But of that day and hour, nobody knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son. What's the name of the Son? His name is what? Jesus. So you're telling me even Jesus doesn't know the hour? There's only one who knows, and his name is the Father. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what does. That. But of that day and hour, nobody knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father, nor the, but the Father alone. Verse 37. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. What was going on in the days of Noah? In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Now look at verse 39. What does it say? And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Jump to verse 42. Therefore, be on the alert, for you don't know which day the Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of night the thief would come, he would have been on the alert and would not have allowed the house to be broken into. Verse 44, for this reason, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think 
he will. Let's pray. Father, what a powerful passage. What a powerful passage. Lord, I'm so thankful that when we read your word that you speak to us. And so, Lord, as we begin to explain and illustrate, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your law. And Father, I pray that you would give each believer in this room and us as a church, as a whole, give us discernment. And may we not be misled. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, if there's ever a time uh, to talk about discernment, I believe today is that day. Um, in the text that we read, it's a, it's a lengthy text, but in our text, we, we heard Jesus say, see to it that no one misleads you. Recognize that he's near the door. Be alert. Be, be ready. And whenever Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 24, whenever he tells us to be ready, to be alert, or see to it that you're not misled, it is a command from Jesus to us. And the responsibility falls onto our shoulders to make sure that we're not deceived. Now, you understand as a believer in Jesus Christ that when you become a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you immediately. Amen? And through the power of the Holy Spirit, then we're able to do what God has asked us to do. You can't do these things in your own power. You can't do them in your own power, but you still have to do them, but you depend upon the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus says, see to it that you are not misled, when he says, you be alert, when you be ready, it is a command, it's an imperative, where Jesus says to you, you've got to do it. It means you. It means you can't depend upon your neighbor, although your neighbor can help you. It means you can't depend upon your mom and your dad, but they can help you. No, it's you. It's your responsibility to not be misled. And you are able to walk through that journey with a gift, what's called the gift of discernment. Now what is discernment? The word discernment, it, it literally means to, to, to grasp or comprehend that which is obscure. That really helps, doesn't it? What does it mean? To be discerning really means this, that you're able to see through something, determine whether or not it's good or it's bad. That's what it means. It means that, that as a believer who, who is discerning, and there is a gift of discernment, the leaders of the church, a qualification for the leaders of the church is to be discerning. That's a qualification of, of elders, of pastors, of deacons. That's a qualification. But if you're not one of those, it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to be discerning. No, the Bible is clear. You be discerning. You know you need to understand the times. And so what that means is, so that you and I as believers in Christ, when we are maturing in our faith, what we are doing is we're seeing the world through spiritual eyes. So that means whenever you read things on uh, the social media, you watch news on, on this thing called the TV. I don't even know if TVs exist anymore. I don't know because everything is social media. It's all on your, your phones. But, uh, 
Whenever you watch, as believers, we're asked by Jesus to look and listen and read through spiritual eyes so that we can discern what is good and what is evil and then live accordingly. We must be discerning. Uh, Just the other day, um, I uh, attended a uh, cross-country meet that was extremely frustrating, and I'll tell you why. It was frustrating because the meet was poorly organized. A meet, a cross-country meet is 5K, five kilometers. Somehow, someway, they misjudged the distance by an entire kilometer, Um, which was fun. Um, And then the course, there was no markings on the course of which way to go, which way to turn. It was very, very confusing. Well, I was at this cross-country meet to watch somebody that I like. (laughs) There's others on the team as well. But during this person that, that I like, during her race, near the end, an opposing runner cut across the course to beat a person that I really like. (laughs) I see this with my eyes, and I'm going, I'm a pastor. (laughs) I must see this with spiritual eyes. For whatever reason, my spiritual eyes were closed at that moment. (laughs) I was hot. And so your pastor may or may not have said a few things to that 14-year-old runner, 47-year-old man, talking trash to a 14-year-old runner. (laughs) Cheater! It may or may not have come out of our mouth. And I may or may not have walked over to the organizers of this event and said something to them as well. I probably did. (laughs) Now, before you say, Pastor, how could you? Let me just say this. I was wearing a shirt that said St. Simon's Community Church on it right there, so everybody saw it. It was okay. No, it's totally okay. Totally teasing. (laughs) Totally, totally teasing. Um, But after I did that fleshly thing, you ever have that happen to you? And you know, the Holy Spirit, when he speaks to you, you, you know it. Right? And I was like, discernment. I lacked discernment. And we've all been there. We've all, at one point in our lives, we've, we've, we see with the physical and we respond in the physical. But that's not what Jesus calls us to. He calls us to look at the physical 
and then see it with the spiritual. That we respond accordingly. That we, that we practice discernment. And we live in a day today where many of us, we look, we read, we hear, and we're only using our physical eyes. And if there's ever been a moment in history that we need our spiritual eyes and our spiritual vision, it is today. That we must be discerning. Let me give you a couple other, let me give you a couple reasons why, again, why this is important, this discerning. Are y'all with me? We need to be discerning as believers because, because we are, we're living in what I call information overload. All of us are just being flooded with, with, with information. As I was preparing for this, I read, I read, I don't remember where this came from, but it said that in, that in one hour, you and I today can get more information and have more information available to us than Jonathan Edwards had in his lifetime. Jonathan Edwards, one of the greatest theologians in, in America, and here we're being inundated and flooded with all of this noise, this, 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 this news. I read this as well, that on, on, the, on websites, there are 1.8 billion websites out there with 570 new ones created every minute. I mean, that's just data, right? And, and, and we don't know how many of those websites are good or are evil. But we are just flooded with this. Um, here, here's a graphic. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you can see that or not, but just this talks just a little bit about uh, social media. Uh, those who use social media in our world today, there are 2.9 billion people that use Facebook. There are 2.2 billion who, who use YouTube, 1.4 Instagram, 1 billion for TikTok. Now, you're saying, what does this have to do with anything? Well, what that, what that is right there is every single one of those individuals, that includes me and you on that, we think that we are news reporters. Amen? And we think that if we post something out there that it's the gospel truth, but let me tell you, there are other people who are out there who are not producing gospel truth. You have to know this. You have to understand this, and you have to be discerning. There's lots of information out there, especially related to the war on Israel um, and, and Palestine. Uh, turn over to uh, Daniel chapter 12. This is, this is pretty awesome. Daniel chapter 12. This is awesome. Just look at what... Uh, the prophet Daniel shares with us as, as God speaks and reveals things to Daniel, he reveals something about the end times. And this is awesome. Verse four, and it's on the screen. And this is what God through Daniel says. But as for you, Daniel, 
Conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. And then look at what he says next. For many will roam about and knowledge will increase. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. So there is a prophecy from Daniel that says in the end times, information will increase. Hello. Are we there? Absolutely, we are there. Now, when, when Daniel uh, writes, and I think I'm kind of miss, I'm, miswrote that up there. Forgive me, Lord, for adding to your word. I'm sorry. Did not mean to do that. I said many will go roam. No, that's not it. Many will roam uh, on the screen. But many will roam about. That doesn't mean that they'll be traveling back and forth. What it means is many will roam about looking for knowledge and looking for information. That's what it means. Are we there? We're there. And especially over the past two weeks, um, people have been roaming about information regarding what? The end times. And specifically, this prophecy talks about knowledge will increase. It specifically references knowledge about the end times will increase. Are we there? We are. We have to be discerning. We have to be discerning. Over the past couple weeks, um, several, I've had several people either email, text, phone call, or just conver- conversations. This is re- really more than several. Several. Um, I've, had, I have been, I've had them ask me a question. Pastor, I get this. I understand the discerning part. I get it. I get it. I get it. But, but how? How do, how do I know what's right and what's wrong? How do we do this? So, for the next several minutes, let me just share with you what I call the ABCs of discernment. I want this to be a little tool that you can use. So when you go home and you get on social media, get on websites, whatever, you, you know what's going on. Some of you may be on uh, the internet right now. So um, uh, maybe this will uh, prompt your discernment. Are you with me? Let me give you a tool that will help you to know, is this, do I need to believe this? Do I not need to believe this? Okay, number one, I want you to write this down. Number one, ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Whenever you begin to read something, when you begin to watch something, before you begin to talk to somebody, before you come to a conclusion on a topic, simply ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. I promise you, he will answer you. He will answer you, but it's on you to ask him. The Holy Spirit was within you, and he wants you to ask him. Look at what the psalmist writes in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 verse 27 writes this, Make me understand the way of your precepts, so I will meditate on your wonders. Verse 66 of Psalm 119 says, Teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Psalm 119 verse 125 says, I'm your servant, give me understanding. 
So as a believer in Christ, a mature believer in Christ, and everybody is on a journey of spiritual maturity, we may be on different levels, but we are all on a journey of maturity, and one mark of maturity is, is, is discernment. And the way you begin to use that gift or use that tool is you ask the Holy Spirit for it. Say, God, I, I'm reading this. Um, I, don't, I, I don't fully understand it. Would you, would you just guide me? Help me to know, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this true? Is it false? You just have to ask that question, and you ask the Holy Spirit to be involved with that decision. You read in the New Testament over 20 different times, the New Testament authors tell us to ask. It's a command. Jesus in Matthew chapter 7 says this, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be what? Okay, got that side? All right. Knock, and it will be? Very good. But you got to do it. Ask. James, the brother of Jesus in James chapter 1, uh, says this, if any of you lacks wisdom. Now, let's be honest. How many of you in this room lack wisdom? Yeah, every single hand should be go up. Some of you, maybe that's why you lack wisdom, right? <laughs> if any of you lacks wisdom, which means this, you, you, you're, you're short on something. You don't have something that you are in need of something. James says this, if you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Why? Why should we ask God? Well, James tells us, because God gives. God's a giver. So you ask, God's going to give. And James gives us two things about the way God's going to give. He said, ask him, God who gives, he gives generously. Generously, in, in the Greek, it means, to, it means to, to, to be liberal. Did you know that God was a liberal? <laughs> he is in his giving. It's to give liberally, which means, means freely. You ask God, here's what God's going to do. He gives. He gives it to you. He gives it generously, and then it says this, and he gives without reproach. Do you know what that means? It means that when you ask, God is not going to say to you, well, that was a dumb question. He's not going to say to you, you should have known that. I'm not going to give that to you. You should have known that by now. No, no, no. God is not going to beat you down because you have asked him a question. And many of us, Many of us get stuck in our lives because we're ashamed and we're embarrassed to ask for help. And you're ashamed because you don't know the answer, you don't know what to do. Listen, we're, we, none of us have all the answer. None of us do. That's why God says, just ask me and I will give it to you. Listen, if you're reading things and you're looking at prophecy and you don't understand it, guess what? That's okay. Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay not to understand prophecy. It's okay. A lot of people don't, but I know the one who does. And you ask him. Are y'all with me this morning? Here's number two. 
You be alert. You ask the Holy Spirit to help you, and then number two, you be alert. We read this in Matthew chapter 24, um, that Jesus mentioned, be alert, be ready, be alert, look what's coming next, see the signs. Multiple times in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says, you need to be awake. Now let me tell you, there's two reasons why you and I need to be alert today, and you need to be alert to what's going on in the world. Let me give you two reasons why you need to be alert and be ready. Number one, be alert because Jesus is coming soon. So what Matthew 24 is talking about, Jesus is, I mean, I, I don't know if this is what's going on in heaven, but I can almost see Jesus just looking at the Father. I mean, I see it. Do you not see it? I mean, it's close. And so here's the deal, you need to be ready. You need to be ready. Because when Jesus splits the sky or when Jesus calls you home, as we sang earlier this morning, whenever that time comes, that's it. But you've got to be ready. And this is one of the reasons why we're having Friend Day. It's because I want all of your friends and all of your family, they need to know Jesus. Because when he splits the sky, it's too late. In Matthew 24, we read this. Jesus said this, that whenever he comes, it says the people do what? They mourn. Why do they mourn? Because they missed it. They missed it. Don't miss it. You be alert. You read on in Matthew chapter 25, and Jesus tells the parable of the ten virgins. He tells a story of five virgins who were prepared. They had oil in their lamps. They had five who were not prepared, and they didn't have enough oil in their lamps. They fell asleep, and then the bridegroom showed up. It was time for the party. They woke up, the five who did not have oil in the lamps, they wake up the five who had oil in the lamps and say, hey, let us use some of your oil. And what did the wise, discerning five virgins who were prepared, what did they say? Nope, that's my oil. You go get your own oil. When they came back, when the five unprepared virgins came back, guess what? They did not enter into that, be that feast. They didn't make it to the banquet. They didn't make it. Is, is, that, is that a big deal? Is that a big deal? Balcony, is that a big deal? It's a big deal. You get oil in your lamps, and you get it now. Don't fall asleep. You be alert because Jesus is coming. The second reason we need to be alert is because of this. It's because there's somebody out here to deceive you and mislead you. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5, and this is what Peter says. He says, be a sober spirit, be on the alert your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to do what? Devour. Satan is after you. He's after us. He wants to devour you. He wants to take you out. Um, the Jerusalem Bible says it this way. Satan walks about like a roaring lion looking for someone to eat. That's what Satan wants to do. And he will do it any way that he can. He will cheat, he will lie, he will kick, he will scream, he will make things look so appealing to you and then pull the, uh, pull the carpet right out from underneath you. 
Am I being a little serious today? Are, are y'all with me? You stay awake. You look what's going on. One call, a scholar said this, Satan is hungry and gullible Christian is on the menu. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Let me, we, we need to get to the Lord's Supper. But let me share this with you. On a side note regarding deception and regarding Israel and Palestine, do you know that the war isn't, it's really not about the land? Do you know that? We, we talked about the land yesterday and how we're being deceived that that has really and always belonged to the Palestinians. It's never belonged to the Palestinians. There's never been a Palestinian nation. The other Muslim nations want nothing to do with the Palestinians. Have you noticed that? I'm, I'm not trying, I mean, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. But we're being deceived. And we're being deceived to think that this, this, this war is really about about the land. No, listen, this is, this is a spiritual war. You, you have two competing kingdoms that are going at war right now. You got Israel who, who needs Jesus. They need to wake up and see Jesus. The Messiah has come. The, the Jewish people need to know that. And they're, they're, they're fighting for what, what they believe. Then you have the Palestinians who are, who are, who are, who are led by Hamas. All Palestinians are not Hamas, right? But you've got Hamas who is anti-Christian. They're anti-Bible, they're anti-God. They are radical Muslims who chant every day two things, death to America and death to Israel. And we are deceived to think, to think that a two-state, two-nation um, solution is going to solve all of this. Listen, I mean, you have a two-state solution, two-nation, fine. It ain't going to solve the problem. Why? It's a spiritual problem. This is a spiritual war. Uh, this past week, I reached out to a couple of people that I have connections with in Israel. Asked them how they were doing, and they said they were doing fine. Praise the Lord. I asked them how we could pray for them, and they said two things. They said, number one, please pray for protection uh, for all of Palestinians and Israelis, and that's what we want to do. I, I don't want to see civilian uh, lives lost. I, I, don't, I don't want that. I, I don't necessarily like war. Are you with me? I, I, I struggle with those things too, but... So I pray for protection, yes, but then they said this, but pray for the gospel to spread, and then they begin to share story after story after story of people responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jewish and Palestinian. That's what we need. We need to be alert. And, and let me give you the last thing, and then we're going to move into uh, a time of the Lord's Supper. Um, the last thing, I'm going to skip... Well, let me, get, I'm gonna give you all four of them. There's four of them. I'm gonna give you the third one, but spend more time on the fourth one. The third thing to do, when you wanna be discerning, you need to check the facts. We ask the Holy Spirit to help us. B, we be alert. C, we check the facts, meaning this, just do your research. Before you hit the share button, do your research. Amen? Just do your research before you do anything. And then the letter D, and here's the last one, is this, you depend upon the Bible. 
If you want to be discerning, if you want to know what's right and what's wrong, you go back here. Because in our text that we read, Matthew chapter 24, do you, do you remember what Jesus said? He said this, I have told you in advance. Oh, I've already told you. I've told you what's coming. I told you what's good. I've told you what's evil. You stay in the book. The writer of Proverbs said this, he who keeps the law is a discerning son. You stay in the Bible. You read it. Now, you don't read the map that said Palestine in the time of Christ. I mentioned that last week. Remember that? Don't read that one. It's page five, map number five. Don't do that one. But you read everything else. Well, pastor, I, I, I don't like to read. Then listen. And men, can I challenge you? Dads, can I challenge you right now? Read. God's word. Read it. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know where to start. How about this? In the beginning. It's a pretty good place to start, right? Genesis. If you don't know where to start, read. Go to Proverbs. Read. You can read one proverb a day. Read the chapter that's related back to the date. Today is October 22nd. Read Proverbs chapter 22. Tomorrow, Proverbs chapter 23. The next day, Proverbs chapter 25. Guys, it, you, here's the great thing about reading the Bible. You can pick it up where any, in any place, and you're going to come to the same conclusion. Jesus wins. Jesus gives us hope. Jesus gives us purpose. But listen, dads, your sons and your daughters down here, they need you. They need you. Because Satan is real and he wants to chew them up. Be their protection. Can you do that, dads? You depend upon the Bible. Well, are y'all ready to go to the Lord's table? Deacons, if you'll go and just go and make your way to the front. This morning, I want to give everybody a challenge at this moment. If you have a phone or a device in your hand or in your lap, I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to put it on the floor. Because I want this to be an intimate time because, folks, we, we are in some difficult days. We're in some difficult days, but, but we have hope because of what Jesus did for us. And let me just tell you a little bit about the end times and prophecy related to the Lord's Supper. Multiple times in Scripture in the Old Testament, we are told of Jesus' first coming, that he would be born in in Bethlehem, born of a virgin. He comes from the line of David and the 
and the tribe of Judah. It says the scepter will never leave and he will be the one who will reign and sit upon David's throne. We celebrate that at Christmas time, right? But did you know that there are more prophecies about Jesus' second coming than of his first coming. So today, as we take the Lord's Supper, three things. You remember what God did for you through his son Jesus. You say thank you. So you look to the past. Two, you look to the present and you ask the Holy Spirit to convict you of any sin so that you are made right. And if you need to be be made right with an individual, you got to do it. And the third thing is this, look to the future. Because when we take the Lord's Supper, it is a reminder of our future. That Jesus is soon coming. And that's a good thing. And so we're, we're going to do this. We're going to... We're going to pass out the elements. And, and I'm going to ask you to be as quiet as you can. And to spend time with the Father. Can you do that? You tell him, thank you for what he's done in the past. Convict me of my sin today. And then say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Can you do that? Let's just take about 30 seconds. Just right.